heart up here, and you guys bless us. Thank you, guys. Ellie, you're so handsome. Isn't he handsome? He's married, girls. Take it easy. All right, here we go. I've been given the honor and privilege to to uh, preach this sermon today, and I, I take that responsibility with uh, with joy. It brings joy to my heart to be able to stand up here in front of you guys and convey this message on the power of God. So are we ready to hear this? Are you guys ready to hear about the power of God? Say, yeah. yeah. All right. I got the power. We're going to talk about the power of God today. Amen. Now, God is such a powerful being. It's almost unfathomable. However you say that word. It's hard to understand, hard to comprehend. He's such a creative being. Being. He's a creative God. Out of nothing, he created something. Think about that. Can we do that? Can you do that? Create something out of nothing. He said, let there be light, and there was what? He just spoke it into existence. He is a powerful being. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, time, God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. Right there, we have a trinity of things that can't live outside each other. We need time, space, and matter to live together cohesively. Are, are you guys understanding that? He created time, space, and matter in the beginning. He's a creative God, a powerful God. He just spoke things to existence, and they were there. He's also a transcending God. He's not limited by time, space, and matter. His creation can't stop him. He is outside of those things. He's not limited by those things, time, space, and matter. This will blow your noodle. He's in the past, he's in the present, and he is in the future. He's outside of time, space, and matter. Is anyone comprehending and following with me? You can do this. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Just encourage the preacher. Yeah, thank you. You don't have to clap, but thank you. I love her. I love this. Yes. He's outside of time, space, and matter. He is a transcendent God. He transcends these things. But today I'm not going to talk about his creative power. I'm not going to talk about his transcendent power, although those things we can talk about all day long. Amen? We can talk about that till we're blue in the face. Today, I'm going to get blue in the face talking about his wrath. The power of his wrath. Yes, God is still angry. I want you to hear this. He is still angry, and he still has wrath, and he hates sin. Are you listening to me today? He hates sin. I want you guys to know something. I'm not angry at you. But I'm going to tell I'm going to preach this sermon as passionately as I can because we need to hear this today. God is still angry over the sin of mankind. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 6, verse 11. I hope you brought your Bible today because we're going to be reading it a lot. And if you didn't, it's okay. We got the screen. Bring it next week. Bring it next week. Genesis 6, 11 through 13. Let's read it together. It says, now the earth was corrupt. Say corrupt. The earth was corrupt in God's sight, and it was full of violence. Say violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, and all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end, say end. I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. 
I'm surely going to destroy, say destroy, both them and the earth. I'm going to bring floodwaters to the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. Say perish. God means business against sin. He saw how violent the world was, how corrupt the world was, and he wasn't happy. It didn't put a smile on his face. It didn't make him giggle. Look at how corrupt they are, guys. Angels, look at them. No, he was angry at that. He was enraged, full of wrath. And he said, no, you better build an ark because I'm going to destroy this world. You better save yourself, son, because it's coming. He told Noah that. Let me tell you something. Pause right here. If I don't hear a lot of amens, I'm, I'm okay with that today. I'm okay with that. Because this is not one of those amen sermons. It's not going to make you feel good when you're faced in front of your sin. But that was pause, now play. Here we go. He was angry. Noah said, okay, I'll build an ark. Now Noah started preaching to the people while he was building this thing. He's like, guys, you better better get ready because the wrath of God is coming. He's going to destroy the earth. The wrath of God is coming. He's going to send rain. And people laughed and mocked him. People ridiculed him. Said, you're stupid. What's wrong with you, Noah? It's never rained. What, are you crazy? But he kept preaching. He kept building. He kept preaching. He kept building. I want to talk to all your preachers today. Keep preaching. Keep building. Keep preaching. Amen? Keep preaching. Even though they ridicule you, keep preaching. So, before long, the ark was built, and it started to rain. Doors were shut. They said, Noah, let us in. It's raining. It's too late, guys. I warned you. I warned you this was going to come. God's wrath is against the sinner. Can you put that slide back? God's wrath is against the world. When When they sin, when we sin, he annihilated, he destroyed the world over sin. God means business when it comes to sin. Brother, my clicker isn't working, so I need you to follow with me. God means business when it comes to sin. We serve a happy God. We serve a good God. But because he's holy, because he's pure, he cannot hang out with sin. He cannot be around corrupt things. He is uncorruptible. He is holy. He is pure. Do we understand that today? He is holy. When we sing holy is the Lord, we're talking about who he is, what he does. He is a holy God. He is a holy God. Next slide, please. He annihilated cities because of sin. Go to Genesis 19, 23 to 25. Too many times in the church, we focus on on the sin of homosexuality. But God could have destroyed the, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because they were liars and thieves. And he still would have been justified. God could have destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because they were violent and murderous and he still would have been justified. You understand me today? He is a holy God. If he would have destroyed them for being thieves, it would have been right. We would be saying amen to that. By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. 
Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus, he overthrew those cities in the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. Even the vegetables did not get saved. Even the vegetation of the land. If you were a piece of lettuce, you got burnt. You were burnt. You were toasty. You were toasty. You following me here? He did not even spare the carrots. He squashed them. He destroyed them, guys. I know we're laughing, but this is serious. He annihilated the cities that were sinful. God's not playing with sin, guys. I don't care how many times you hear it from me today. He's not playing with you and your sin. Next slide, please. He cast out man from his presence because of sin. How many of you guys know the story of Adam and Eve? Raise your hands. The Lord told uh, Adam not to eat of the fruit, but Adam did. Verse 17 says, And God said to Adam, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from. Curse is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since you were taken from it. Since for, for you are dust, and to dust you will return. Before, before the fall of man, God... Before the fall of man, God and Adam were tight. They walked with each other in the garden. They talked every moment. But when Adam took of that fruit, God was like, where are you, Adam? I don't see you. You're dead to me. Where are you, Adam? And he told them, because you did this, cursed is the earth. You want to know why there's tsunamis and earthquakes? Because the earth is cursed. Because man sinned against God. It's in its corruption. The earth is, is in its own corruption. Because of us. God cast man out of his presence. Are you in his presence today? Ask yourself that. God's wrath isn't like our wrath. When I get angry, when I get snappy, when my wife says something that I don't like and I can get short with her, that's embarrassing. I have to go back and say, honey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted that way. I should have, you know, been nicer to you. You know, how many of you guys have ever been like, am I the only guy there? Come on. Am I the only guy with a bad attitude? Please help me out here. <laughs> God's wrath is not like ours. It is justice. Someone say that with me, justice. God's wrath is not like ours. It is justice. That means that he makes things right. He makes things right. It is warranted. What does that mean, Ishmael? That means we deserve it. When it comes, it, it comes because we deserve it. God is not pleased to pour out his wrath in a sense where like, I'm just going to do it because they don't deserve it. No, he's pleased to pour out his wrath because we deserve it. It is warranted. And it glorifies God. It brings him glory. Because if, it, if he didn't have wrath against sin, then he'd just be some... Some like willy-nilly God. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, yeah, maybe. He's not like that. It brings glory to him. 
How many of you guys are thankful for the wrath of God? I don't think I'm going to get any amens on that, but how many of you guys are thankful that his wrath brings him glory, guys? Listen to me. His wrath sets him apart as a holy God. He isn't a human-pleasing God just to please you because he likes to. He is a... He is a holy, wrathful God that will bring vengeance upon sin if we don't repent. Hear me, guys. Hear me. If we don't repent, His wrath is upon you. That same wrath that destroyed the earth. That same wrath that annihilated cities. That same wrath that cast Adam from His presence will be on us if we don't repent. We're going to do the good person test. Here we go. These are the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied before? If you lie, what does that make you? Your name is liar because you tell? Come on, let's do it together. Your name is liar because you tell? That's right. If you lied once, that makes you a liar. If you murder once, that makes you what? A murder, exactly. Have you ever stolen anything before? That makes you a thief. How about sex outside of marriage? You can check that one if you'd like, if you know it's true. How about jealousy? You know that only God can be jealous? Because when you're, when you, when you, when you're jealous, what you're saying is, why doesn't this person worship me? Only God can be jealous. Because you're putting, your place in, you're putting yourself in the place of God where you shouldn't be when, jealousy, when, when there's jealousy in your heart. What about forsaken church or forsaken the body, skipped out, you know, not having kept the Sabbath day? Oh, I got to go to work. I got to provide for my family. You know what I'm saying? I got to go to work. I can't go to church. Skip those guys. They're crazy. They got a yelling guy every day. He's yelling at me. I'm not yelling at you. I love you. Place things above God. How about that? Have you ever placed things above God? Idolatry, the Bible says this, this is actually an idol, something that you worship. You know, before in the pagan days, they had different gods and they made them out of clay and they would bow to them and they worship them. But how about this? How about television? How many hours are you in front of a TV and just loving what it's giving you? How about your car? You spit shining your car, you make sure that chrome is nice and shiny. That can be an idol in your heart. Taking God's name in vain. Ever use God's name in a curse word? Have you ever done that? That's called blasphemy. God hates that. Would you like it if someone cursed your mother? How would you take the Lord's name in vain? He doesn't like it. Rebellion against parents. It's a sin. Honor your father and your mother, the Lord says. How about hated someone? Jesus Christ said in Matthew, if you hate your brother and call him a fool, an idiot, stupid, you curse his name out, you're guilty of homicide. I did not say that, guys. I'm not developing a religion here. If this was going to be Ishmael's religion, I'd say, come give me all your money and worship me. But this is not what I'm talking about today. God said, if you hate your brother and call him a fool, you are guilty of homicide. God's not messing with sin. He's not messing with sin, but there is hope. We have the cross of Jesus Christ. You can smile now. 
You can, you can be happy now because there is hope in the power of Jesus Christ. If I have anyone that's saved in this place, you should be getting excited right about now because there is power. There is power in the cross. There is power in the cross. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Let me tell you something, friend. Your religion will not save you. All your good works, all your degrees, all your money will not save you. You can only be saved by the power of the cross and what Jesus Christ did on it. Can I have someone that's excited about that today? You can only be saved by the power of the cross. Jesus Christ took your sin. He took your affliction. But you need to make a decision. Will I serve him today? Will I let him forgive me? He saves us from ourselves. How many of you guys know that you can't save yourself to save yourself? You cannot save yourself. God keeps you saved. Amen? All your good works, like I said earlier, the Bible says that our good works are like filthy rags. What does that mean? Our good works are the toilet paper of heaven. It's the toilet paper of heaven. Our good works cannot compare to any one good thing that God has done. You cannot save yourself. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that led to death so that we may serve a living God? It is the blood of Christ that allows us to even serve him, guys. He did it all for us. He saves us from ourselves. You know, a lot of times I've heard people say, Oh, but I just can't forgive myself. You know, I know that the Lord forgave me, but I just can't forgive myself. Is your law bigger than God's law? Are you greater than him that you can't forgive yourself? Guys, have a clear conscience. If you're saved, be saved, be saved, live saved. Know that you are saved. Know that you are saved. Amen? He saves us from his coming wrath. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, say sinners, Christ died for us. Since now we've been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath? Say wrath. Saved from the what? Saved from the wrath of God through him. For if when we were God's enemies, say enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? God has provided everything we need for salvation. What is in the way? What is in your way today? What are you not ready to let go of? Is it worth going to hell over? I I can tell you this right now. It's not. It is not worth going to hell over. He has laid out a path for you. This preacher is preaching his little heart out for you to let you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and mine. And all we got to do is say, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that's beating in your heart right now, that's messing with you right now. He's telling you, come. He's telling you, come. Ben, if you could come up here. The Holy Spirit is telling you to come to Jesus. Now, there's two things you can do with this invitation. You can reject it, walk away and live a life like you have all your life, and do things on your own like you have all your life. Or you can receive it, be forgiven, be set free. 
and walk with him. I'm going to ask you guys to stand up with me. This is a short, probably a short sermon. I'm a short, I'm a short preacher. We're going to beat the Baptists to the buffet line, okay? We're going to beat them there. We'll get the best chicken. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ died for you and me for our sins. Just close your eyes all over this place. Father God, I've preached the message that you've given me to preach. Lord, I hope it came with your power. Lord, I hope that these people that I preach to, Lord God, people you love, the people you care for, Lord God, heard that there's hope in Jesus. That if they come to you, your wrath will subside. That that same wrath that crushed the earth, that destroyed cities, that cast Adam out of his presence, would not be on them if they received you today. I'm going to ask that our altar workers come up. Keep your eyes closed. If you need Jesus to set you free, maybe you're already saved, maybe you backslid, maybe you're saved, but you struggle with sin over and over again, repetitive sin. You look at pornography. You lie constantly. You cheat, you steal. Let me tell you something today. Christian, God wants to set you free from a cycle of sin. Or maybe it's your first time here and you never even heard the gospel. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ loves you. Look upon his happy heart. Look upon his happy face. Look upon the face that would say, come, I love you. If you need Jesus today, just lift up your hand right now. If you need Jesus to set you free today, just lift up your hand right now. Father God, you see the hands that are raised. Lord God, you love them. You love us, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that as they were bold enough to raise their hands, they would say with a humble heart, Lord, come, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. If what this preacher is saying is true, I don't want your wrath on me, God. I want you to forgive me. Jesus, if you're the only way to forgiveness, will you come into my heart? Will you come? Let me tell you something, friend. He will. He will. Just ask him to come. The Bible says, behold, here I am at the door, knocking, knocking, knocking. If anyone would open, I will come in and I will sup with him. I will have communion with him. I will be with him. And we will be together forever. God wants you to be a part of the kingdom. He didn't die in vain. He died for you. We're going to sing this song at the cross, and I beckon you to come. As he's beckoning you, I make a challenge to you. Come to the cross. Our altar workers are here. They want to pray for you. They want to encourage you. They want to bless you. If you raised your hand, just come up to the front for prayer. These people want to love you into the kingdom. Sweetly broken, holy surrender.
Don't put off this invitation, my friend. Don't put off this invitation. Don't say, I'll do it some other day. The Bible says tomorrow is not a promised day. Jesus Christ said, if you reject me in front of men, I will reject you in front of my Father. Do not fear the holiness of God. Embrace. Come. Come. Be free. Be free. Come to the cross. It's calling you. It's calling you. Will you come, says Jesus. Will you come? Will you receive me?
wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Sing that with me. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Let's sing that together. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood If you're sick in your body, there's power in the blood of the Lamb. If you have a sorrowful heart, God can heal you. If you have sin in your life, God can set you free. There is power! Power! Somebody get excited! There is power! Power in the blood! Power in the blood of the Lamb! Thank you, Lord! Hallelujah, Lord! You're awesome, God! If you're sick in your body, just come on up. These prayer workers are going to pray for you, and you will be healed. Receive it in Jesus' name. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of lamb there is power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb there is power power wonder working power in the precious blood of lamb give the lord a hand clap of praise he is awesome in this place We love you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for hearing this message. Now I pray that all of you that received Jesus and all of us who call ourselves disciples of Christ would share this message that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them, that he loves them, that they don't have to be judged for their sin. They don't have to have the wrath of God over them. God the Father already did that on the cross. He judged our sins on the cross. All we have to do is come. Come to Him. Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you. The prayer workers are going to be here another 10 minutes, 10 or so minutes. If you need prayer, come on up. We love you. See you next Sunday.